In last week's episode, I discussed the health benefits of grass-fed versus grain-fed meats. Today, we're going to evaluate the claim that grass-fed meat is good for the environment. Welcome to episode 15 of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of achieving optimal health. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms to look out for, the root causes of various health conditions, and the most effective and doable solutions for addressing them. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. Now, environmental health has been on the forefront of the public consciousness in recent years. The disastrous and increasingly negative consequences of global warming and the continued impact that we're having on our planet have made climate change a cause that many are rallying behind with good reason. And in our search for solutions to the climate change crisis, There are a number of ways that we have devised to help reduce our global carbon footprint, which means decrease the generation of greenhouse gases that we cause with our actions. If you are someone who pays close attention to your dietary habits and cares for the environment, you've probably already heard of one of these solutions, and that's grass-fed meat. So let's talk about the other side of that grain-fed meat, and how those contribute to greenhouse gases. When you hear the term greenhouse gases, what's the first source that comes to your mind? If you said vehicles, you are in the majority. Most of us associate greenhouse gases primarily with cars, trucks, airplanes, etc., and with good reason. 27% of all greenhouse gas emissions are generated by the transportation sector which is the single largest contributor. However, the agricultural industry plays a major role in the climate change crisis too. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, also known as FAO, the agricultural industry is responsible for producing seven gigatons per year of greenhouse gases. And to get a sense of what that crazy big number means, um, you can check out the show notes for a link to an article from the Washington Post kind of explaining that in more sort of accessible terms. So let's break this down a little further. It's estimated that cattle are responsible for approximately 65% of the livestock sector's greenhouse gas emissions, feed production and processing, And enteric fermentation, meaning the gases produced by livestock, like cow farts, represent 45% and 39% of total emissions, respectively. And 10% of the livestock sector's emissions are from manure storage and processing. And the vast majority of those 7 gigatons per year of greenhouse gas emissions are generated by CAFOs concentrated area feeding operations, which is where most supermarket meats come from. On the bright side, the FAO states that better livestock management would reduce greenhouse gases emissions and that proper management of grazing lands to create carbon sinks helps to offset livestock emissions. In fact, 
Grasslands and forests already act as a carbon sink that removes approximately 13% of annual greenhouse gas emissions. So that's great. And more healthy pasture lands would increase that positive effect. So how does this work? The answer lies in the many problems posed by grain-fed meat production and how grass-fed meat effectively addresses those problems. Grain-fed meat is problematic for many reasons. Beyond the appalling conditions in CAFOs that the majority of grain-fed livestock are raised in, the health problems that they experience as a result of those conditions and the various chemicals, hormones, and antibiotics found in them, grain-fed livestock can have an immense negative impact on the environment and on our health. One report produced by the CDC titled Understanding Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations and Their Impact on Communities, see the show notes for a link, covers the environmental impact of CAFOs quite extensively, providing us with insights into how these operations damage the environment and, in turn, our health. According to the CDC, CAFOs produce a massive amount of waste, contaminate local water sources, pollute the air, cause infections, and produce greenhouse gas emissions. Let's look at each of these in a little bit more detail. Massive amounts of waste. CAFOs produce up to 1.6 million tons of waste, mostly dead animals and manure, per year. CAFOs do not typically have, nor are they required to have, dedicated sewage treatment plants, which can lead to ineffective and frequently dangerous manure and dead animal storage methods. They contaminate what local water sources. So there's these huge piles of manure on the CAFO operation uh, properties. And these piles of manure contain pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, hormones, antibiotics. And as the manure sits on the ground and it decomposes, It leaches its contents into the ground, which then goes into the groundwater and contaminates nearby streams, rivers, lakes, and reservoirs for miles around, miles and miles around. The CAFOs also pollute the air. CAFO-produced gases, such as ammonia, hydrogen sulfate, and methane, as well as airborne particles of manure and the chemicals found in animal waste, pollute the air for many miles around CAFOs as well. The smell alone can travel as far as six miles away. And the health risks of these emissions include chemical burns, respiratory irritations, inflammation of the eyes, and chronic lung disease. They also cause infections. Dangerous antibiotic-resistant microbes have developed as a result of the major health issues in feedlot animals, which come from the healthy, unhealthy conditions in which they're raised, having to be treated by antibiotics. So then these antibiotic-resistant microbes are causing an increase in the frequency and severity of infections, which threatens the health of millions of people. They also produce greenhouse gases. And beyond enteric fermentation, the fossil fuels and the nitrogen-based fertilizers used in CAFOs to grow feed for livestock, the removal and burning of vegetation to make more space for more feedlots and for growing feed demands, and the machines needed to achieve all these goals, 
they all contribute to increasing the release of greenhouse gases. So what do we do about it? Given the many disadvantages of these feedlot practices, one great answer lies in regenerative agriculture. And regenerative agriculture is the practice of producing food in a way that reduces or reverses the environmental and social impacts of today's agricultural practices. Specifically, in regards to grass-fed meat, farmers seeking to reduce their impact on the environment allow their livestock to forage and graze on pasture throughout their entire lifetime. And this pasture is properly managed. That's a key. But how does switching to this model of raising livestock benefit the environment? In comparison to the damage caused by the feedlot system that we discussed just a minute ago, allowing livestock to graze on well-managed grasslands instead of confining them in CAFOs has been shown to increase carbon sequestration, regenerate soil, grasslands, and the environment, and reduce overall pollution. So let's look at each of these in a little bit more detail. Increasing carbon sequestration. The continued plowing and unproductive use of vegetation make it impossible for the environment to capture carbon from the atmosphere and trap it in the soil. With vast grasslands catering to the needs of grazing cattle, increased carbon sequestration can serve to offset the emissions produced via enteric fermentation. And we'll evaluate this a little bit further in a minute. They help regenerate soil, grasslands, and environment. Silvopasture, tree intercropping, and managed grazing can all improve the quality of the soil and the surrounding environment. How? Managed grazing encourages plants to grow and spread their roots further and deeper into the soil, adding organic matter to the soil, improving soil structure, and feeding beneficial soil microorganisms. Grazing also helps to make the soil more porous, to absorb and hold water more efficiently, reducing runoff and erosion. And manure and plant wastes that are naturally spread around on the ground by roaming animals make the soil more nutrient-dense, which in turn makes the forage more nutritious, which makes for more nutritious meats, even more benefits. Yay! The restoration of more natural resilient grasslands can also provide more and better habitat for a diverse population of animals, such as birds, bees, beneficial insects, which all are also really good for the environment. And it helps defend against destructive drought and wildfires. And finally, reducing pollution overall. Meat, especially beef, is a resource-intensive food. But changes in agricultural practices can serve to benefit the environment rather than dramatically damage it. By reducing the number of cattle grazing per acre and eliminating the use of harmful pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, hormones, antibiotics, we can reduce pollution overall. And well, side note, buying local also helps to minimize the negative environmental, environmental impacts even more. So what this means, big picture, is in, in regenerative agriculture, you're reducing the number of animals per acre, which reduces the impact on the land. 
and you eliminate the use of toxic herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, synthetic fertilizers, growth hormones, antibiotics. And although that helps reduce pollution and you don't allow the animals to overgraze any particular area. These are all critical aspects to the success of regenerative farming in improving our environment. So overall, big question still, is grass-fed meat actually better for the environment? That's what we've been talking about, right? So what's the answer? After everything you've heard, what do you think? Well, (laughs) raising livestock on well-managed pastures can offset, drastically reduce, and even reverse many of the negative environmental impacts of CAFOs and actually help improve the health of our global environment in many ways, including rebuilding the health of the soils, providing healthier and more resilient habitats for a wide diversity of creatures, reducing runoff, erosion, and water and air pollution, and acting as a significant carbon sink to offset large quantities of greenhouse gases. So yes, overall, grass-fed meat is much better for the environment than CAFO meat, otherwise known as grain-fed meat. And in addition to the environmental impact, grass-fed meats are much better for your overall health. And being raised on pasture is significantly better for the health and well-being of the animals too. Also an important consideration. So in my next post, I'm going to talk about the top sources for sustainably raised health enhancing pastured meats in the United States. And now I want you to make the switch. Use your food dollars to vote for and help create better health for you and for the environment. Are you wondering what else you can do to achieve and maintain outstanding health for yourself and your family naturally? Check out my roadmap to optimal health, which is on my website, dremilyfranklin.com slash start dash here. And then while you're there, you can also check out my other articles, podcast episodes, and recipes to help guide you further on your natural health journey. And until next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.